0: My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 128. Well, we had an open house yesterday at Green Outdoor, our new outdoor everything store. You know, you would think that, well, when I think of an outdoor store, I'm thinking sleeping bags, tents, you know, mountain climbing, paraphernalia, kayaks, you know what I'm saying. But no, that's not what Green Outdoor is. My new business is Lawnmowers by Ferris, uh, mostly zero-turn lawnmowers, but also these stand-on lawnmowers. That is a young man's lawnmower. They're extremely fast, and you have to stand on it. You stand on the back of it, and kind of lean in. and it has a pad that you lean on, and then it has these, you know, it's zero-turn. You can spin around in circles and... Apparently, it's a lot more maneuverable, and the young guys who mow yards for a living, or at least a sideline job, they love them because they can mow really fast. They can get on a really steep bank. So anyway, that's one of the things we sell. We sell really cool and high-end outdoor patio furniture, solo grills, Bentelli golf carts, Bentele electric bicycles. What else? Oh, Bravo trailers and Gator Made trailers. So... Just about everything that you would need to uh, manage your yard and also have a little bit of fun in the meantime. If you want to do grilling or weed eating or whatever, we can do it. So anyway, we had our our, uh, open house, and we had barbecue and all kinds of good eats, and we had the uh, local newspaper there and radio stations and stuff. We also had the uh, uh, what they call the Green County Partnership, which used to be the Chamber of Commerce. It would be called the Chamber of Commerce in most communities, but they came and and all their, uh, well, the entire board of directors for that and and a lot of their employees, and we had a ribbon cutting, so that was kind of fun. I participated in a lot of ribbon cuttings over the years with all the different car dealerships that I've opened and operated. Yeah, that's where my experience came from. You know, I think about, I'm, I'm reflective right now. Can't help it. Lost my dog yesterday, one of them. Had to bury him. He was an 18-year-old chihuahua. He was my son's dog. And so for that reason, he was very special. We lost our son in 2011. And Bubba uh, was his dog, and and we had 13 more years with Bubba. And he died in my arms yesterday, and then I took him to our little pet cemetery on our property and dug a hole and put him right beside Lucy, his, his chihuahua companion, for many years. So that was a sad day. I had to go from that to an open house. Isn't it funny how as we go through life, we learn how to compartmentalize and you know, be able to put things aside so that you can, I guess, fake it. Um, sometimes you just have to fake it. My mom told me that. Many years ago, she said, Lenny, there are gonna be times when you have to do a presentation, or you know, you have to give a talk or you have to try to motivate people and you feel like crap, or you are emotionally just not there. You just gotta fake it. And some people can't do that. But sometimes if you're in a role, if you're a leader in an organization, and you have to be up all the time, or when you're not up, you have to disappear. And find a way to get up. You know, get yourself back on track. I'll tell you what, I, I do not hide my emotions very well. I can contain them. I just don't hide them very well. Ever since I was little, my mom would say, what's the matter, Lenny? And I'd say, nothing. she said, well, you're wearing that scowl on your face. She could read me like a book. My wife can, too. but And, and my daughters. I've got plenty of people around me that can read me like a book. So I've got to behave. Anyway, we're going to be talking about some uh, interesting car things today. You know, one of the things that I always try to do is to keep you from making a mistake before it happens. Well, that would be keep you from making one. But a lot of people just dive in. Today we're talking about the service department and we're talking about when your car breaks and what do you do about it when it does or when it's misbehaving in one way or another because the service advisor the people who work at the dealership have a slightly different perspective than you they have a goal of satisfying you of meeting your expectations so if you come in to get something done to get something fixed they want to they want to fix it for you and they want to if you if it's under warranty they want to hand you your keys and get your signature on the repair order that it was done and then they want to see you leaving with a smile on your face. If you're having to pay for it, same thing, except they want to collect the money and see you on your way. But they don't want to never see you again. I think a lot of customers kind of get the perception that that car dealers and automotive repair shops are there to rip them off. No, not really. They're not. At least the ones around here aren't. And most repair shops or businesses they want you to be happy and they want you to come back unfortunately sometimes the body language or the words that that basically are used by the people that work at the dealership aren't real conducive to a long-term relationship would you agree with that maybe they're maybe they seem a little indifferent to the problem that you have maybe they seem a little indifferent to the inconvenience of actually being there. Like I had a customer call me yesterday and he's bought a number of vehicles from me. He has my personal cell phone number just like you do, 423-552-2020. And he said, Lenny, my wife's expedition is misbehaving. It's not acting right. It's got a check it's got a check engine light on and there's possibly a recall that needs to be taken care of. He said, would I be able to come down tomorrow and drop it off and pick up something to drive? And I said absolutely. Um, no problem. Just call me when you get there. I may be there, may not be there, but you've got my cell phone number. Call me when you get there. Well, he did. Eight o'clock sharp this morning. He called me. He was there. I was not. And uh, he said, I'm here to to, uh, drop off my vehicle. I said, just fine. So I'll call you right back. So I hung up on him, called my nephew, Max, who also works at dealership. And I said, Max, the keys to my truck, my spare keys are in my right top-hand desk drawer. If you'll get him, find this customer, gave him his name. He knows him. He's probably out in the showroom wandering around somewhere. And give the keys to him and then make sure you know everything that needs to be done to his vehicle. And then put him in my my demo. We call, um, I started to say his name. Uh, I called him back and he said, Lenny, this truck has car seats in the back of it and a bunch of stuff. I said, don't worry about it. That's my truck. I got to hold my grandchildren around. He said, I want to take your, your vehicle to haul your grandchildren around. I said, Listen, we'll get your vehicle done quickly. If I need it, I'll come get it. Now, he lives 30 miles away. And so he took off. He said, Okay, if you're sure you don't need it, I really, you don't know how much I appreciate it. And I said, Yes, I, I appreciate you too. You're a good customer and a good friend. And I appreciate it. Is that relationship solid from a business standpoint, would you say? I would. You know what could throw that off the rails? Well, you know, for some people it's not much. It's just one mistake that you make or one promise that you're not able to keep. Maybe even a phone call that you forget to make. You know, to update somebody or something. But for him, I've got something that that I refer to as my customer bank account. And so every time I do something good, for a customer, and it's a positive experience. I'm making a deposit in that account, and every time I mess up, or one of my people mess up, that's a withdrawal. And what happens in a lot of car dealerships is somebody buys a car, and uh, th- 30 days later, or 40, 45 days later, however long, they're ready for their first oil change. And you told them how great your service department was, and all that, but they've already always got their oil changed at the Jiffy Lube place or someplace else, or maybe at the dealer where they bought their last car. And they always have good experiences there. Well, they come in, they try to make an appointment, and they can't get through. Or they get through, and the person answering the phone just doesn't really have the, the sweetest disposition. And then they come in, and they drop their car off, and instead of a 30- you know, or 45-minute oil change, it's an hour and a half. And you just sold them an $80,000 vehicle. Some people will just, you know, pay for their oil change and leave and never come back. So, well, they were a great place to buy a car, but I'm not going to get my car service there. Is is that not a huge, huge mistake? Very costly. Because more than likely, if they go someplace else and buy and get their service done at another dealership, maybe a competing dealership down the road that sells the same brand you do, you'll never see them again. So, The people that you're working with at the dealership need to know if you're not happy. And I know it's hard to complain. I don't like to complain at a restaurant because I'm afraid what they'll do to my food. Is that kind of a uh, paranoia, maybe? But, yeah, if I get bad service, I'm going to tell somebody if it's at a restaurant or if it's at a, a, a retail store of some kind. But that's how we learn, and that's how we improve, and we want, to, uh, we want to fix whatever's broken. You know, if a 30-minute oil change turns into an hour and a half, then the, it's the service advisor's job to come to you and say, listen, we had somebody didn't show up. There's some kind of reason we're going to accommodate you, and by the way, this one's on the house, and we apologize for that. Does that make a slight deposit in the bank account? Is that a withdrawal? Or is that a deposit? Well, it was a withdrawal because they, you know, they didn't want to sit around your dealership for an hour and a half. But, you know, if they make it right, what was a a, a withdrawal becomes a deposit, and then they'll give you another shot. Are you that way? Do you give people a second chance if they mess up? Um, we do appreciate it because we do mess up. All, all car dealers do. All businesses do at one point or another. But what matters is, and and loyalty is rare, rarer these days than it used to be. Don't you think? People are really easily upset. Uh, It's almost like many of them have a chip on their shoulder, just daring you to do something wrong. Give them the benefit of the doubt. That's my philosophy. And then give them an opportunity to fix it by complaining. Or by, you know, maybe a complaint is just a, Maybe you can call it an observation that you want to pass on to somebody. Not really a complaint, just something that would really improve their service. You know, if you would just have an early bird drop-off box, then I wouldn't have to wait until you open to do this. You know, that's just, that's a suggestion that helps improve the business. Um, you know, this, these things are greatly appreciated. Okay, I'm going to take my first break. I'll be back here in just a minute. Okay, I am excited about a big cars and Coffee event that's coming up this weekend, this Sunday, in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's called the Harper's Cars and Coffee. Now, most cars and coffee events are just little itty-bitty car shows that last about three hours. And when I say little itty-bitty, you might have, well, my cars and coffee event that I have at Gateway typically will have anywhere from 50 to, it might hit 100 cars on a really good day if the weather's great. Uh, Harper's Cars and Coffee in Knoxville, they do it, I think, three times a year. Last year, they had 8,000 cars there. I know. That's hard to believe. In order to uh, have a good parking place at the Cars and Coffee, it starts at 8, officially goes from 8 to 11 if you want to go this Sunday. But, uh, yeah, this Cars and Coffee event, if you want to have a good parking place, you better get there like at 6.30 or 7. I'm leaving Greenville, Tennessee at 5.30. And my wife has actually agreed to go with me. Yep, yeah, that's because it's at a mall in Knoxville, Westtown Mall. So while I'm doing the car thing, she can do the shopping thing. So maybe you have the same idea. I don't have problem missing church, but I think my preacher will forgive me on this because he knows he knows me. He'll give me a break, I think. So that might be something you want to think about doing this weekend. So let's let's go back into the service department here just a minute. Let's talk about one very important document. Now let's talk about two very important documents in a service department. The first is called the repair order. Now, if you take your vehicle into a service department and you leave it, or if you're waiting, before they uh, actually start working on your car, they're supposed to ask you to sign the repair order. Now, I found out we have a consultant in this week working with us in my service department. Well, Lenny, why do you have a consultant? Because I want to make my service department better. I thought it was perfect. No, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. We make mistakes sometimes. And uh, we're still going to make mistakes when he's gone, but, but his job is to help us be able to increase our throughput. So that's the amount of work. That goes through the shop. Now, we want to increase that, but we want to increase it only if the work is 100% right 100% of the time. That's a good goal. And, uh, you know, if that's not your, oh, we want to do it right about 85% of the time. No. you got to do it right 100% of the time. So... Back to the documentation. They're they're going to... You, they should sign a repair order. But my consultant says, Lenny, you're not signing all your repair orders. You only get about 85%. Well, that's a problem. Because you know why we want somebody to sign it? Because that is an authorization to repair. If they don't sign the repair order, we really aren't supposed to drive their car on the road to be able to check to see if the repair that we did fixed the problem. And, you know, sometimes you just have to drive them. If you're doing a... Uh, Front end alignment, for example, we want to drive the vehicle, make sure that it's tracking down the road right. If we balance the tires, we want to make sure that they're balanced. You know, if it's a drivability problem like the, you know, maybe they had an engine miss or they had some type of other issue like check engine light was coming on after driving it four or five miles, we want to drive it 10 miles or more to make sure that that check engine light doesn't come back on. You know, we actually have some customers, and I would recommend this. If you have a drivability problem or if you have some type of issue that you're pretty certain is going to require a test drive to verify, jot down the miles and the tenths of miles before when you leave your vehicle at the dealership, and then when you come back, see how many miles they put on your car. If they didn't test drive it, I'm going to march back in there and say, you know, this was an issue that pretty much needed to be test driven, and I noticed that y'all didn't test drive my car. Well, the mechanic said he did. Well... This was the miles when I left it. This is the miles it has on now. He didn't drive very far, maybe 200 feet. And before you leave, I'd make sure that they test drive the car. Now, could that be an internal oversight? Could that be something that, you know, there was some distraction happening in the dealership, that that technician had two different or three different repairs going on at the same time, which can happen, and uh, maybe he asked somebody else to test drive the car, one of the service advisors, and he forgot. This, this can happen. So, you know, sign the repair order. And if you ever want to know what it says, there's a lot of verbiage on there about, you know, what our responsibilities are, what rights that we have, what rights that you have, what rights that you are giving us to actually work on your vehicle. And also, that repair order is very important. If it's a warranty repair, get a copy of it. If it's a customer pay repair, I'm sure you'll get a copy of it. You'll get a copy of it and your receipt. And then if no problem is found, because that happens sometimes, you know, it's probably happened to you. You go into a dealership, you leave it for the service department, and they drive it, but they can't find a problem. Get a copy of the repair order and have it state that they drove the vehicle and that there's no problem found. Why? Well, because if you... Have a problem down the road related to that original complaint. You've got documentation to say that you've been in there more than once. You know what they could say? If you come in, so I've had my car in here three times. Well, we don't have any record of it because we don't, we don't, we don't have any repair orders. We never opened one. You make sure they open a repair order. You insist on it. It's important. The other document that you should always get when you leave a dealership especially a new v, new car dealership like a Chevy store or a Nissan store or whatever. Get a copy of the multi-point inspection form. So this is just a, a multicolored inspection form. It has uh, categories of green, yellow, and red. Of course, green means everything's fine. Yellow said, well, you know, you might need to look at this the next time you bring it for service. Red means you need to address it right now. So what happens is the... The vehicle is brought into the dealership. The repair order is written. You sign the repair order. It goes back into the shop. Either the technician is working on it or the lube tech or somebody in that store is supposed to do a multi-point inspection. Well, I didn't ask them to do that. Well, we do it anyway because we have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that your car is safe and that if there's a problem, you should expect us to see it. If it's visible, you know, we can't we don't have x-ray vision, we can't look into the transmission or the engine or whatever. But you know, if if we're inspecting your car and we see, you know, you one of your hangers for your exhaust system is rusted through. It looks like it's gonna fall off, or you got a hole in your muffler, or you've got, you know, worn out the brake pads are looking really thin, or the inside tread on your rear tires is is down to the, the steel belts. Wouldn't you want to know that? Of course you would. That's what multi-point inspections are for. And if you leave a dealership, including mine, that you don't get a copy, or at least it's not discussed with you. I mean, it should be reviewed with you as well. But if you don't leave with a copy of that multi-point inspection and a copy of your repair order, you're leaving without some important stuff. It's like going to the bank, making a deposit, but not getting a deposit slip. I mean, they're nice people and everything, but I want a deposit slip. Okay, I'll be back in just one more minute. Okay, finally, the multi-point inspection form and the repair order. What do you do with them? You fold them up, you put them in your glove box or in your little owner's portfolio. You know that had, you, you look at them first, obviously, and make sure they did everything. Check your miles. Make sure if it was a test drivable thing. An oil change is not a test drivable thing. If they flush your cooling system, don't need to test drive it to do that. You know, unless they, if they replaced a bunch of hoses and stuff, they need to get the, you know, get the engine hot and see if it's leaking. And one way to do that is to test drive it. And you know, I'm going to ask them, did they test drive my car? oh Yeah, they test drove it. And then I go outside and they didn't test drive it. I'm going to tell them, no, they didn't. They didn't test drive it because I checked the miles. And of course the miles should be written on a repair order. And all you have to do is, is look at the, uh, the mileage when you get it back in your vehicle and get ready to drive off. And it's, I just think that's important. It's a trust issue, don't you think? Well, folks, these are just some of the things that I try to pass on. You know, it's internal dealership stuff, but I think it's beneficial because you're going to probably go into a dealership at least once every six months. And it's a, it can be an expensive experience. and You need to make sure that you're getting your money's worth. Well, thanks for listening. 423-552-2020. That's my cell phone number. Lenny Lawson at... Gmail, I'm sorry, Lenny Lawson2020 at gmail.com. That's my email address, or you can just come down to Gateway and see me at any time. Call first, though. Thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru, and I'll see you next time.